Welcome to Above the Garage. Hi, friends. We have a really exciting interview for you today. We had the opportunity to chat with Javed Khan, who plays Rohan in A Murder at the End of the World. He is such a lovely human being, and we had such a nice chat. So I hope you enjoy. Well, hello. Hi. Hi. <laughs> Hi. How are you? Yeah, I'm good. Yourselves? We're good. Happy early birthday. Oh, thank you very much. Yes. Oh, I forget that all kind of stuff is around everywhere. <laughs> I know. I looked at your IMDb and it's like in your face, December 11th. Oh, uh, yeah. You have big plans? Not sure yet. Um, a friend of mine is coming from uh, Bulgaria, as it happens this weekend. So we might sort of meet up and chill out. And uh, there's uh, my son, uh, my youngest son, who's uh, not too far from me. So we'll probably end up having a meal together. That sounds really fun. How old are your kids? Oh, they're grown up men now. <laughs> <laughs> so you did it. Good work. You got them to adulthood safely. Yeah. I mean, I'm all kind of, you know, <laughs> nothing to do with me anymore. <laughs> uh, but it's really nice to uh, see your faces and put the names to it. So, yeah, thank you very much uh, for uh, having me and giving me this uh, opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, have a chat with you. Yeah. yeah. We're very excited to talk about the show. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I know that you said you were from London, but for some reason I wasn't expecting the English accent. I don't know why. Oh, really? <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, what accent would you like me to put on? <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a lot of your co-stars were also, are also English actors, right? And so they were doing correct. American accents in the scenes. Yeah, that's really interesting. Yeah, that's, that's correct, Violet. Um, so we've got Harrison, and yeah, he's doing the American, and Emma's uh, doing the American accent. Clive was also British, but uh, I think yeah. he, he's doing uh, he's doing what he does best. <laughs> right. <laughs> I feel like the British. I mean, they're just really good at American accents, whereas I don't feel like it necessarily goes the other way. Same as Handmaids. So the first show that we did um, was Handmaids, and almost like everybody that you talk to is British or Australian, like Yvonne, and they do the American so well. You're like, oh, yeah. that's right. You're not that. Yeah, as you were saying, Kev, I think it's easier for us Brits to uh, do the accent across the pond, as it were, because I think we see a lot of television um, you know, yeah. from America uh, in our country, and it's easier, I guess, to do that, whereas I guess it's not quite the same the other way around. Yeah, yeah, I feel like it's more, much more notable seeing an American putting on a British accent, and you're like... Oh, <laughs> it can be. It's clearly not there. <laughs> but yeah, yeah there, there's some amazing stuff out there. So, um, so oh, yes, yeah, so, so that's what I was going to say was that... Uh, when I'm watching a, a finished product, one I've, I've been in, obviously, um, it's easy. I mean, almost like a musician that, uh, for example, a bass player, uh, when he's listening to a song, but probably picks up a lot of the bass lines and the focus kind of goes on there. I'm surmising here. But now with watching my own uh, characters on the screen, uh, I do have this ability to get rid of the uh, dissecting of what I'm watching because it, it takes the pleasure out of me watching the story. Right, yeah. So in order to fully immerse in that, I become the audience and, I, you know, I'm a huge fan of whatever's going on in the story yeah. <laughs> in its totality. You know, I mean, of course, it would be different if I was in a workshop, an acting workshop, and we were trying to, you know, uh, dissect things and, and all that. Then it would be different, you know. That's a pretty handy skill to have, though. Like, I know at least some actors have a harder time separating themselves from being able to watch as a fan, you know. Absolutely. Yeah. And uh, I've come across that as well. And so, yeah, it's uh, 
there's many different ways of you know coming to your own opinion or your own enjoyment but uh, for me you know that's how I approach it you're enjoying the show then oh yeah definitely yeah and I think you know the weeks aren't coming fast enough because obviously mm-hmm. I've uh, read the script and all seven of them mm-hmm. but obviously seeing it all visualized in the edit uh, the final yeah. edit is something else and I think that's when you know I become a, a real audience in watching it and um, you know sometimes it jogs a few memories oh yeah I remember that that was a bit funny and uh, interesting to see how how it's all going to be yeah. together um you know because it's always been like three stages of uh filmmaking i guess one is the script one is the actual day of shoot and then the other one is the editing and you can change things uh you know immensely or drastically but uh and it's always nice to get surprised which is what i like about it so yeah you Mm -hmm. can see it with fresh eyes all the time Mm -hmm. i I mean my mind is blown how many people that are supportive of this uh, story you know and Mm. uh, i mean i'm I'm a huge fan of uh, britain's all anyway so yeah um when i first got the script to to read it i thought oh this is really good i've uh, been given this uh, opportunity you know it was a gift on a tray to play Mm -hmm. role, and uh, i was super excited uh it was all going to be hit and miss whether I could do it or not initially, uh, which I'll tell you the story. And the way uh, Rohan's arc is there throughout the series and, you know, it's quite a pivotal character. And I'm so thankful for Brett and Zoll to, uh, you know, to have given me this opportunity and to give me this uh, character to, you know, embody. Yeah, I'm, I'm very humbled and grateful for that. I was it onwards, as I say, and uh, who knows what, uh, you know, holds in the future. Yeah. So all the chapters uh, had, obviously, uh, as you know, the series was called Retreat initially. Mm. And then it got changed to A Murder at the End of the World. And um, the chapters all had names and they still have names, but only the last ones changed. Ah. Mm. And I think for the better as well, because it's going to be a spoiler in, in that sense. And I think yeah. perhaps, mm. you know, it was done in that manner. So the last one's called Retreat. Uh, originally, it was called The Last Chance. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. But how, uh, I mean, my journey uh, into the retreat, as it were, uh, it's kind of bizarre. And there's signs out there all the time. And uh bit like the alchemist you know the, the signs and things that are telling you things and um it's just the case of us being observant yeah so um i'll tell you if i may and, and tell me if i'm you know boring you to death but no 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 this is what we want to hear please so the journey on on the retreats uh i'll call it retreat for now uh started my agent valerie hodson who uh, uh av kaufman uh, reached out to and were looking for actors for uh, characters in this uh, series. They were looking for Rohan and uh, Valerie uh, suggested uh, that I would do a self-tape and put myself forward for it. There were many logistics that pertain to be able to do it in the first place. And we we ticked Mm. pretty much most of them, apart from that, you know, the the visa thing was going to be dealt with later. So I did my self-tape. And during the COVID period, Mm for actors has really changed with all the self-tape thing. Yeah. It's a double-edged sword, you know. Uh, in this case, it kind of worked for me, obviously. But Yeah. Right. <laughs> and I still do some face-to-face. In fact, I've, I've got one coming up shortly. Um, so the face-to-face is good in the sense that you, you got a grasp of uh, of the actor and other things around him that it could bring to the table. Mm, right. Uh, as opposed to just the piece. Right. 
So you get to know a person and building relationships too. I mean, we've heard from other actors, just like it's literally a big part of the audition. Maybe you're not going to get this part, but you're building a relationship with that person that thinks of you later, you know? Absolutely. And that has happened uh, that, you know, something didn't fall my way in the past, but uh, guess what? You know, they they checked me out again. There's this thing going on. And I've had uh, one or two like that, which is great. So uh, the double-edged sword on the self-tape and um, the other nice thing about the self-tape, and this all happened during the COVID period, was um, you could do auditions uh, were far away, you know, across the yeah. mm-hmm. across the pond. And, uh, yeah. and in Europe, I, I remember I, uh, I, I did a self-tape that was for a French film in uh, Belgium. Super, really nice film. And uh, that was a self-tape. But then this was pre-COVID. So I went over there. We did more uh, interaction and things. And, and that was good. So over here, I've done my self-tape. And so uh, Valerie sent it off. And, and that was the end of it. Now, before uh, I freak anybody out, I'm fine and well and I'm happy. (laughs) (laughs) But during uh, that period in that week, I was having these strange vertigo syndrome uh, is the best way I can describe it. So I woke up one morning and I was literally holding the side of my mattress, my bed, thinking that I was going to fall off. And Mm. uh, I I sat up and the only way it felt comfortable was just to fall back into bed and let it all calm out, you know? Yeah. Something Mm. like on a, not a roller coaster, but a a Wiltser. Yeah. Cheek spinning fairground thing. Mm. Anyway, that that was that by the by. And I thought, oh, I don't know, maybe, you know, something just odd and peculiar. And uh, then it started to uh, become a bit more rapid. Mm. And I, I saw my doctor and he said, look, there's nothing to worry about and so on. But if, if it persists uh, through the end of the week, so this was at the beginning of the week, going to an uh, accident emergency and get it checked out. I said, okay, fine. So I was hanging out with a friend of mine. We were uh, mooching around coffee bars and so on. And um, I had quite a few episodes during that day. So mm. he took me to A&E and uh, I was admitted in. And they gave me a CT scan and they said, oh, we need to do uh, other tests. And uh, they put the kennel in, in the arm and said, that we'll mm. wait for MRI scan. We'll do that in the morning. And I said, look, I- I'm not going to take the trip thing out. You know, you-, you can just plug me in in the morning. I said, well, let me go. <laughs> let me go home. I'm sure somebody else wants the bed, you know, because it was during COVID period as well. Oh, yeah. Or mm. well, the tail end of it, something like that. I'm losing track of time now. Anyway, and... Uh, Same. <laughs> yeah, I know. COVID made us all lose track of time, I think. Yeah, you tell me. It's I, all I, blur. I, when we talked uh, with friends, you know, oh, that was, uh, uh, I don't know, five years ago, you you wiped three years off or two years off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yep. So they said we need to do it. I said, well, look, leave it in. I'll, I'll go home and I'll come back first thing in the morning. And then he scared me of the severity of it. And he goes, we can't let you go home, Mr. Khan, because in case you have a stroke. Oh, jeez. Oh, hey, hold on. What's going on? And he said, we reckon that you've got a blood clot. Oh, shit. oh no! So, like I said, uh, all is good. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm okay. I don't suffer from it. it was a misdiagnosed. Oh, thank God. Oh, that's good. So, uh, in the morning, anyway, while I'm in bed, <laughs> I've got a call from my agent saying, "Oh, by the way, you know the audition <laughs> that you did? Um, there's an offer on the table." And I was like, Worst news, best news, same day. <laughs> yeah, oh, and I was saying, uh, Valerie, um, I, I don't know how to say this, but I, I, I'm in hospital. I'm on a bed at the moment. <laughs> oh my god! And then I explained and said, you know, fingers crossed. Let's see how it all pans out. And um, yeah, but yeah, it's like with many things, karma or 
the universe is very bizarre in yeah. the sense that yeah. there are signs which I'll go back to that, you know, it's almost like testing you out, you know, take yeah. things away from one hand, the idiom, and, you know, give it with the other. So, uh-huh. and of course, it was a false alarm. A MRI scan confirmed it. It was. Uh, well, that's wonderful news. That CT scans can't pick up calcium growth, which is what it was. And it's not, it's not a big problem. Mm, harmless. Okay. Uh, yeah. Do you still have vertigo, though? Do you still experience it? No, that went away. Uh, Amazing. Thankfully, uh, very quickly. And so they reckon it was something imbalanced in the air. And we had a specialist come in and he looks at you and then he throws you on the bed, quickly picks your head up again and looks at your eyes, seeing which way your eyes are following, you know. Yeah, uh, it's all bizarre. But the other leading up to that, so um, I moved various residents and things. So I got the audition call around, I think it was in November, December. And uh, so in September, I moved to another area within where I live. And mm-hmm. little did I know, only afterwards, it dawned on me and it clicked that uh, the area is actually called the retreat. Oh, my gosh. Oh, wow. <laughs> so so th- there's all these kind of things and we just don't notice them, you know? I know. Yeah. Until you notice them and then you start noticing them and it's crazy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I used to pass a shop called Rohan, took no notice of it, you know? Oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it's, it's just a strange ball game. But, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> eventually... Um, I was able to have a Zoom meeting with uh, Britain's all, which was wonderful. And uh, yeah, it was great. And so we went from there onwards. And uh, then <laughs> it doesn't stop there. Oh, God. <laughs> My visa was delayed mm. because we were at end of COVID and they had a backlog at the uh-huh. yeah. uh, consular. And it was all understandable. And uh, by the way, the Disney um, uh, lawyers and the team behind sorting out the the working and visa for myself are an amazing team mm. you know I, I can't thank them enough because during that period I think it'd probably be awkward and difficult anywhere uh, leaving alone the end of COVID period you know right so they, they did really well so I dodged COVID for two years and then uh, my first day of shoot was going to be in Iceland yeah and so landed in Iceland guess what got COVID oh, no. yeah. <laughs> yeah i know it's like wow you know what, what's have i got to fight this out what's the message here you know yeah right <laughs> and uh, so i was quarantined for 10 days in my room and i couldn't go anywhere at all no, that's oh funny. my god well that gave you a good experience for the filming yeah and you have to abide by that obviously because you know you can't put other people yeah. as well right so i was locked in my room which it was like a bit of a almost like a retreat in itself but i don't yeah. know right in a recovery <laughs> way because um like method acting <laughs> which i don't do and <laughs> um so my bedroom window looked at this frozen lake and I, the other direction there was some uh, a small town many banks in there bizarrely and a petrol station um but i couldn't see that direction at all so it was blocked from me my view was of this frozen lake and some kind of mountains in the distance very very pretty Hmm. yeah yeah. sounds beautiful yeah very wonderland but i was told just in case i got any crazy ideas there's nothing in that direction for 200 (laughs) miles oh wow (laughs) no people no animals, you know. <laughs> you could walk the frozen lake if you're brave enough. So yeah, I was locked in my uh, room for ten days. Did you say two hundred miles? Two hundred miles of nothing. Two hundred miles. There's nothing beyond that lake. Yeah, that's crazy. That's wow. crazy. I, I hear a tweet of a bird outside my window. It's very bizarre. I mean, it's winter as well, I guess. But weird. Yeah, it is weird. 
seems like it would feel like being on another planet almost like just <laughs> it was it was so bizarre got to see the the northern lights which was amazing and it did look like another planet then mm. that was one of my questions so yeah. you saw it in your quarantine I did, yes. I, That's so uh, I, cool. I got a, a really nice view out of my window. Are you sure you weren't hallucinating at that point? <laughs> no, no, no. I rang up uh, the um, other cast members that we were in touch with within the place we were staying. Yeah. Backtracking on that, we'll come back to the Northern Lights. A rumor went round. Uh, I, I think it was Ryan who came over from the States and uh, they were talking about uh, you know, the, the other actors and things. Because I had spent one night, the first night I landed and then got the COVID overnight. Um, so I had a meal with a few of the fellow actors. But then the rumor went round uh, with Ryan saying that, oh, I, I don't think actually uh, there's a Ryan. I don't think he exists. He's a fictitious character because we haven't seen the actor for it. <laughs> 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 so to my surprise, one day there was a, a knock on the hotel door. So I, I have to mask her the towels at the door, you know, for cleaning mm-hmm. purposes and things like that. So there was a group of the actors there and they're saying just to prove it to Ryan, he does exist. <laughs> 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 But the Northern Lights were amazing. I, I didn't realize each eye sees them slightly differently. Mm-hmm. The camera picks it up better because it, it holds the, the color more vibrant, whereas human mm-hmm. eyes can vary from seeing the color from a, a smoky element to a pale green and, and the other colors. I think it's regarding the cone and the cylinder vision that we have. Mm-hmm. That's wow. so interesting. That's like yeah. the opposite experience I've had with sunsets. Like I could see the most amazing sunset and I cannot take a picture that even close to captures it. Uh, <laughs> right. Well, yeah, yeah. What the human eye sees is amazing. Um, and, you know, when we're looking at stars, our peripheral vision actually can see more than our direct one. So when you get a clump of stars, instead of looking at it directly, for, uh, looking at it indirectly, you can see more of it. It's, it's very bizarre. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I hate to get off track again, but are you a photographer? Because the photos on your Instagram are absolutely beautiful. Uh, that runs. Thank you very much. That kind of runs in the family. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, what a cool family. Yeah, I went to uh, an art college because I was a a fine artist for many years before coming to acting. Oh, that makes sense. So, yeah, I mean, my parents were very disappointed, but. (laughs) 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 Well, I was very good at technical drawing in my school days. So I would draw expanded uh, engines and things like that. And Mm, apparently my uh, uh, drawing was so accurate that in a physics lesson, I wasn't sort of great and my maths wasn't really great as a top subject. It was mainly all creative things, but I did physics and chemistry. And um, in physics, we, we had the thing about uh, fulcrum's angles. And if the, this was weighed down this long, how long, what will this angle on this string be? And I'm right. scratching my head out. <laughs> you know? So I got my protractor out and actually did all the distance in scale proportions with a, a slide ruler and then huh. actually measured the angle out. <laughs> well, this, this has got to be the answer, isn't it? And, uh, That's amazing. Very smart. Yeah, yeah. the teacher went around and said, uh, I was the only one that got it right to the point. And he said, how? And I said, well, I don't know. I just drew it out. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. That's a really cool story. So um, my point was, going back to the photography thing, was that, uh, or art, I should say, was um, my parents wanted me to go into a building college and, you know, be an artist right. or a yeah. building designer or something like that. Um, possibly quite capable, if, you know, if I decided to do that. But art was the thing that was pulled me. 
Yeah. And I didn't take it as a subject. I had the ability, so I just sat the exams. And um, I unknowingly to my parents, instead of going to a building college in my local town, Yorkshire, in Leeds, uh, Jacob Kramer, I went to an art college for an interview and, and got into the Bradford College of Art. <laughs> No. I didn't have the heart to tell them that I, you know, I don't <laughs> Anyway, uh, something against their wishes. Um, yeah. My pets are no longer, but bless them. But yeah, mm-hmm. the cat was out of the bag, I think, around the new year, after, you know, about a quarter of the term. And uh, yeah, I wasn't uh, very popular at home. But, <laughs> you know, if things panned out. I'm sure they'd be very proud of you now. If only they could watch. Definitely. Yeah, I th- I th- my dad never saw, uh, he saw my uh, success in the painting and graphic side of things, but never on the acting because it was on the cusp of the acting that uh, my dad wasn't around and he passed away uh, a slightly younger age. But my mum passed away, I think about time flies, about eight years ago, so or 10 years even. So it's, she saw uh, some of the things that were happening to me uh, in the acting. Oh. And I remember one of my first gigs that was successful at TV, her thing. I took a video to a DVD to her and, and I said, here you go, you might enjoy this. And to my amazement, um, she was uh, very chuffed and surprised. And she started mm. telling me uh, stories of uh, short films that she enjoyed as a... Um, Aww. Aww. Yeah. That's amazing. That's very sweet. And I think uh, my like for uh, films and things probably started at a very young age because she used to take me to the theatre back in, in Karachi because mm. my dad was here trying to settle down and, you know, to migrate the family or eventually. Yeah, right. And so it was just my mother and uh, I'd see my uncles and my granddad there. Um, so, we, yeah, we used to go to the cinema quite often and I used to enjoy it. It just lost me. And in those days in Karachi, they would show Bollywood films as well. Mm. And so I used to watch a lot of those things. And um, my... Uh, uncle from my mother's side was a photographer he had a studio a very small basic studio on the streets of Karachi and he used to do portraits that's cool and we have a great record of uh, from my mother's side of her uh, as a as a youngster back in India before the uh, partition and the migration happened and we were lucky because he was a photographer wow yeah Yeah. that's incredible and I used to hang out with him uh, and he'd take me up north um, there's other funny stories about I never did well at school because it was age uh, specific in classes and every time the exams came uh, it was too hot in Karachi so it'd take me up north and I'd miss out the exam and then I was back to square one oh. <laughs> <laughs> and that just went on and on um, but uh, I remember as a kid uh, taking directions from him you know because my mum would uh, dress us up at that point uh, it was just my elder sister and myself I have five sisters in total oh, wow. so We'd um, go to the studio, have the photos taken, and he was very precise, look this way, hold your hands this way, you know, pose. Yeah. So there's all those kind of things that have been installed as a youngster, I suppose. Yeah. And probably the biggest one was um, when I came over to this country, because my dad came over and said, uh, he flew over there, incidentally, and then said, uh, we're not going to fly back, we're going to go by a cruise. So, but yeah, okay. Mm. And so it was just he, uh, himself and I, uh, my dad and myself. And um, this is in the days, early 60s, when the Swiss Canal was open. I think we were 28 days on the sea. Yeah. And I was a youngster, you know, barely uh, three foot tall. <laughs> so most evenings they would have uh, a showing, uh, an open theatre on the top deck of black and white Hollywood films. Yeah. Cool. And uh, 
religiously we, we would watch that and my dad he was an avid fan of uh, the, the whole hollywood film yeah. uh, actually there's photographs of him dressed up in uniforms but he was never in the military or anything he just liked to take pictures of knowing that you know he's epic or something like that right right <laughs> but he loved his films and he'd take me up and he said uh, son you know uh, watch this excellent director alexander Corda, one of the best of hollywood directors <laughs> very good actor watch him watch him you know <laughs> i think all that kind of childhood stuff yeah installed in that sounds like you came by it honestly definitely sounds like your parents would be big fans yeah mm-hmm. but yeah it was the painting thing really i, I was an artist graphic artist for uh, many years until about 17 years ago when the acting found me. how did you make that transition into acting it was due to circumstances uh as well I was uh, not in a great place. I had this graphics business. I, I was a director before in, in other companies and I moved on to have my own company. And then I put all my eggs in one basket. Oops. And, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and that kind of went pear-shaped and uh, and I wasn't in a great place and, and not knowing what to do, you know, where to go next. And it already was at a crossroad, you know, pretty much midlife crisis, I guess. Oh. So uh, here's the story. My niece, uh, Nyla Mughal, uh, who... At that point, wanted to start a agency for background extra actors, actors, mm. but only specifically for Indian films, Bollywood films. Mm. And this was seventeen odd years ago. And she came out to our house, and I went, yeah, yeah, fine, good for you. You know, she had the contact. She said, "There's nothing in the UK that's catered for that," and they started to come over here. And you know, it, mm. it's a good business opportunity for me. And I said, "Good for you," kind of thing. I, I didn't have any part in that, but she did ask me for help on. Um, branding her being a graphic artist then Mm, and so I helped her in that so that was my part then uh, about a fortnight later she rings me up and she said uh, oh uncle uh, there's a this gig that arrived and I'm taking care of everything but they also want uh, a kind of a old wise character you know (laughs) which I think you could when she says old wise we're not talking wax on wax off but a, a (laughs) (laughs) a different kind of wise old guy Anyway, and but she knew that I did it as a late teenager, early 20s. I did a bit of theatre. Yeah. Never took it that serious. Yeah. It was more like uh, classes and things and something to keep me occupied. Probably, yeah. While the children were growing up. So I said to her, look, uh, uh, Nyla, I, I, I really haven't done this for like 30 years and I'm not really into it. It's not my bag, you know. She goes, look, just to keep face, please go there, meet the director, um, that's all you need to do. And, you know, at least it shows that I can provide. I said, okay, forget my niece, for sure I'll do Yeah, that. I can't say no to that. And she did say, look, there's no favoritism here. And it's never has been since then as well. Uh, it's based on your merits, you know. Yeah. And so um, past that, I've had a few gigs from her, but there are quite a few that I didn't get. So it's based on merits and what they want. Right. So the, the first gig, I went there and, of course, the director gave me the job, two days' worth of shooting, and I went, oh, okay, <laughs> get my actor this one. <laughs> For my niece. Yeah. So, yeah, that, that's how it started, really. And, oh. uh, I enjoyed my first day. The second day was terrible, but I, oh. I learned by 30 years on, I developed slightly thicker skin and it didn't bother me as much. Yeah. Did you first move to Leeds when you got to England? Is that what you said? We did. Um, so we left Karachi and it was interesting because I, I left my mum behind because um, 
my dad wanted to just settle himself and myself with his other two brothers and make the community and get some kind of grounding in, you know. Mm -hmm. And I'd missed out on my father in the younger years because he was over here trying to establish. Uh, so I think he, he just wanted me to be with him as close as possible now. Anyway, and so we left Karachi and the ship arrived in Liverpool docks. We took the train to Leeds. But uh, yes, uh, answering your question, I grew up in Leeds pretty much um, in Yorkshire. Whereabouts? We started off uh, living in a place. I, I don't think that ex street exists anymore. Uh, there's a hospital now called St. James's Hospital. And um, so we used to live there. Then we eventually moved up towards uh, uh, an area called Brown Day Park, which uh, Soldiers mm -hmm. Field, it was also known as. And uh, that's near Street Lane uh, that way, uh, which was uh, my uh, parents' last home. Yeah. I asked just because my uh, pops is from Horsford. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I, I know. I, I've heard of the place. I can't tell you exactly where it is, but it's near Leeds. Yes. It is. Yeah. 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 He yeah. came over. I'm from Australia, um, and they came out as 10-pound poms. Have you heard of that? No. What is that? Teach us. It's like basically they tried to lure um, British people over to Australia, so it cost them 10 pounds to get here on the boat. Oh. So that's how he came out there. And, yeah, it cost him £10. I think it was like a six-week. It looked amazing, like a cruise with, like, a pool and parties all wow. the time. So, really? <laughs> yeah. Not how I pictured it. <laughs> I mean, I'd be sold on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, a good deal. <laughs> yeah. For £10? Yeah. Amen. Yeah. <laughs> This whole kind of uh, movement thing, obviously, you know, it has been a part of me in a bigger sense. Uh, you know, everything is a journey and uh, and I'm enjoying this journey. And I, I didn't, going back to the series, obviously, what we're somewhat here to talk about as well, is that um, it's been an amazing journey. I, I didn't realise, you know, how profound uh, effect it will have on the storytelling to people. Yeah. And my involvement in it. And I'm, I'm really humbled and proud of everybody that's put this together. Yeah. Did you um, watch the OA that Britain Zal did? Were you a fan prior to your audition? Uh, the thing is, I've obviously heard of uh, Britain Zal in the past. Yeah. But uh, I hadn't watched uh, OA at all prior to uh, working or getting this job. So when the job came, I was like, mm, okay, uh, speaking to a friend and I disclosed, I wasn't disclosing it to many people at that time until everything was, um, you know, buttoned down. Mm -hmm. So I said, you know, there's a all in Brits, this thing. And I got told, have you seen their OA? And I went, mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I know of it, but I haven't seen it. You've got to start watching it tonight. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right. And uh, I kind of binged and sapped through it like anything. It was a great two seasons. Yes, people are very disappointed it was only two seasons. Oh, yeah. And it's such heartbreaking, isn't it? Because uh, yeah. at that point, you invested right. uh, so much of yourself in the storytelling that, you know, you, you don't want it to finish, especially like that. Yeah. Yeah. You see so many comments. I personally haven't uh, watched it, but a few of the people on uh, the podcast haven't. Since doing this show, um, I saw that it finished in like 2019, but I still see so many comments on Brit's Instagram saying, bring like all her comments section is just like, bring back the OA. Yeah, I feel <laughs> bad about that. <laughs> yeah. I think it's, it's a story that, you know, can still be told. Yeah, I'll have to watch it ASAP. Me too. Yeah, what I've gathered is that it was uh, always envisaged to be a five series thing. Oh, right, yeah. And mm. so it kind of finished on two. Yeah. So, yeah, potentially there's, uh, you know, three more to come, really. <laughs>
Yeah, that's sad when you're so invested in a show, especially as a viewer, and you never get to, you know, see the end of the story. Yeah. Yeah. It seems like at this point, though, there's always a chance that things can come back more than they used to because there's a lot of, like, independent funding and stuff like that. Right, and so many streaming services and, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I I mean, obviously, um, Britain's all are your best uh, point to answer those kind of questions. Right. I can only give my opinion and and thoughts on it, which is, uh, like with many things, you know, projects sit around and, and then they get fired up and uh, yeah. you can write change tweak things in order to fit things but you know if that popularity and uh, that kind of uh, encouragement from people comes which obviously is doing i'm sure you know there may be a way to figure it out yeah, yeah. usually there is a way of figuring everything out here's hoping for everybody out there but regarding the oa supporters or fan they're an amazing bunch of guys <laughs> it's quite overwhelming how thorough detailed and uh, yes yes passionate and yeah they are amazing and in fact uh recently i um joined them for a, a chat they have this server which was all new to me called discord yeah, oh, yeah. Yes. we plan our podcast on Discord. Yeah. Ah, no, there you go. The circle starts joining, doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forgive me if I got this wrong, but I think one of the organizers is someone going by the name of Angel Neurosis. Yeah. Yes. And I had a fun time with the Discord people, but uh, they're going to be so careful in saying things because they'll, they'll pick on little words. They'll and, jump yeah, on it, right? Yeah. 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 Oh, <laughs> So to the show, did you get any more background than we did on Rohan or did you create that in your head or what what do we know about Rohan that maybe we don't know? Uh, Well, so Rohan's journey is obviously Zol, but Zol and I talked about where Rohan was coming from. There were things that needed to complete the jigsaw of Rohan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's all done with kind of communication, talking, well, what do you think, you know, and what I think. But initially, my agent, Valerie, when she got the breakdown, it was pretty clear. And I like that. It's a few sentences, but it's to the point. Yeah. Yeah. There's no padding around it at all. Right. And it said, Rohan um, may not be a verbatim, I'm trying to recall it. Right. He captains his own ship and can sail on turbulent waters intense and grieving wow (laughs) yeah that's all i need really yeah and really that's the core of rohan you know i love that well the first sentence it's like you can take it literally or kind of metaphorically metaphorically or something yeah figuratively i love that uh, about all and brit that you know there's a lot of metaphors yeah in the storytelling and in the words and i love that and so yeah that was my anchor point as it were rest of it was actually for me it was kind of organic as well because one of the first things came back from the production and it was part of the script saying that walking to the summit derby spots a person at the front uh, with the long beard it's rohan <laughs> yeah. which is chasing him yeah it's catching up with him so the first instruction i got as soon as the deal was done uh was could Jarvin not cut his hair or his beard <laughs> <laughs> So there's like six, oh, four, and then it carried on to six months worth of growth there. I was wondering, oh. like, is that you? I guess so. Oh, That's not my regular look, as it were. Yeah. <laughs> so that in itself is great because it kind of detaches you from yourself. Yeah. Right. And it really helps. And I did say to Zol that, you know, uh, is there anything else? And he said, to, no, just, you know, leave it as it is. You are Rohan. <laughs> <laughs> And we want to know, those younger pictures of you, were they actually you or did they like, (laughs) you know, create those? They are of me. 
Yay. <laughs> the head of the face is mine. Yeah. Right. But you weren't in Greenpeace? No, I wasn't in Greenpeace. <laughs> <laughs> I've always wondered that, though, too. Even with, like, baby pictures, I don't know, you randomly see yeah. people in shows. Yeah. I'm like, is that really them? Is that, how does that work? They ask the actor's mom for... Ask their mom, yeah. <laughs> yes, yeah, so they are my my face and my head, uh, but put into uh, different situations as the backstory of Rohan. Uh, Blake Holland, one of the producers in the show, asked me um, if I had a backlog of pictures. And unfortunately, I don't have an entire range of it, even though my uncle was a photographer. Um, for various reasons, I, I don't have access to those. But the ones I do have were sort of young enough to fit into that area for all. Yeah. And he's done an amazing job and it's very believable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It looks amazing. But he's in that situation. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty cool. I do prefer you with a slightly shorter beard. Yeah, oh, thank you, yeah. Not that uh... you asked, but I like this look. This is a good look. (laughs) Did it bother you to have the long beard? Uh, There's various stages. I've kept a long beard before. I did a shoot up in Nepal for some months and I had to have a long beard there. And so I did it. I kind of got used to that. But there's stages. Once you get past a certain stage of length of it, it's like you don't care anymore what it does. (laughs) (laughs) But Daniel, um, in production of Murder at the End of the World, he was really good with the hair and and Josh as well to tame the beard, as it were. Yeah. So they were massaging and putting products in. Nice. Did you get to take any home with you? What did you take home? Anything. Did you take anything from the filming? Uh, There was a couple of things I really liked and they were really good and they allowed me to keep, yeah. Nice. I would have tried to get one of those end of the world uh, climate suits. Ah, yes. (laughs) Oh, gosh. That'd be awesome. Yeah. (laughs) Megan Gray was the uh, costume designer on this. Uh, Lovely. I had such a wonderful time with her. And the dedication and details that's paid is just amazing. Yeah. You asked me in the end, I got a goodie bag with, you know, some of the stuff that Rohan. It's weird. There's some website out there. Uh, One of the other actors, I think, Edo. Yeah. We were creasing ourselves laughing that there's some kind of really inexpensive type of knockoffs for the. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I've seen those websites, yeah. Have you? Yeah. Yeah. Really? Does anybody want to dress up like Rohan? I'm not sure. Apparently. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, that's really cool. (laughs) Why would you, you know? (laughs) Maybe like, I don't know, a costume party or an event or something. You try to... Yeah. Yeah, maybe. Dress up like a character. It's just gone bizarre. And there's weird things popping up. There's an AI version of Rohan somewhere. There's like, what? 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 What's going on here, you know? <laughs> hmm. This is what from the props department I really wanted. And it's a small thing, but I really wanted it. And I like it. It's the little um, the retreat badge. Yeah. Mm. Oh, cool. Thomas uh, wears or the staff wear. I really wanted yeah, that. Nice. Mm. I'm a pin badge man. <laughs> 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 and Rohan's uh, chair. Nice. Oh, cool. Not the wooden thing, because, you know, I don't want to carry a chair on the plane, but uh, <laughs> just the canvas stuff. Right. Because it says Rohan and it's got the retreat symbol on it. Oh, that's cool. cool. Oh, okay. Yeah. I like that. There's a picture of that chair in a corner. We were laughing once with my friend. I said, oh, look, how cool is this? You know, look, Ryan's got his own chair kind of thing. But it's pictured in a corner in, in the set's retreat. And I was told, oh, has Rohan been a naughty boy then? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's in trouble. <laughs> you sit in the corner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's been going into the tuck shop and uh, he's managed to wrangle uh, a pot of uh, caramelized pecan nuts just for himself. And 
they were kept very safely and securely under one of the counters and nobody knew about it. So whenever I turned up, you know, it was fished <laughs> out for me. Here's your treat, you know. It's <laughs> <laughs> too funny. Did you actually climb that uh that ice? Was that a stunt double or was that you on the Yeah, it's a mixture of studio air and live. So okay. It was all hit and miss again, you know. So 10 days are coming up at the end of uh, my quarantine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they're waiting for the right weather and things like that to shoot the summit uh, scene. And so it was going to happen on virtually the 11th hour ending of the 10th date of the quarantine. So they were all, we were all waiting patiently, you know, whether it's going to happen or not happen. And I think they covered themselves in it as well that, you know, perhaps they won't show Rohan's face and uh, they'll get some other shots. And mm, right. yeah. they figured that out and, and how they were going to go about it, uh, which was interesting. But I got the thumbs up. Uh, I was all clear by COVID team. Earlier hours in the morning, went down. It was great to get out in the open and feel the fresh air. Yeah. Face. yeah. Then we went to the summit and that was all hit and miss that morning because uh, apparently there was a storm coming mm-hmm. and these Jeeps, four by fours that took us up there. And there were two points before getting to the location and the wind was blowing and these really heavy duty vehicles were being swayed and i'm thinking oh, mm. wow it's no joke out here yeah yeah and you know you've got kind of drops in the snows and cliffs and here's something i learned interestingly uh, these vehicles they have these kind of tubes that go into the center of each hub of the wheels and so i was curious and i said well what's this about and apparently there's a compressor in there that feeds and deflates air into each individual tire mm. uh, so it doesn't get stuck in the snow. Very wow, that's really interesting. And our driver, he said, uh, I do it the old-fashioned way. So he's got like his <laughs> levers and handles and he's working it away. Uh, <laughs> but now it's all controlled by GPS, which is interesting. Huh. Hmm. Do you remember um, Bill, he says, when he's traveling in the car, that there was an incident that destroyed the... The quicksand? Yeah, that's the one with the GPS. Yeah, so it's like, okay. It is scary. Yeah. It's it's all very relevant. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love the way this show fuses the two things together, you know. Yeah. Man and machine, really. Right. Yeah. Right. I'm breaking that down very simply, but yeah. Interestingly, Zal and I had this uh, conversation once and uh, we talked about Rohan in the sense that he's the only one amongst this group that doesn't have technology. Yeah, Mm. Ah. yeah, that makes sense. Like he doesn't even have a cell phone, right? He doesn't have a cell phone, no. Wow. He doesn't have a watch. That's really interesting. Yeah, Mm -hmm. and he uses a sextant, which is the compass for the uh, marine to navigate himself, and uh, which was found, I think, uh, next to the flask, along with his fist knife. And uh, I think there was mention of did have a tobacco pouch as well, but that wasn't allowed. Mm. There's only so many people. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I think there's logistics of how many people can, characters can smoke in a series. Oh, Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. No. Makes sense. There's some limitations on it. So yeah, you can't have everybody smoking. But uh, yes, (laughs) but uh, going back, he doesn't have any technology. uh, But of course, as we know that he's been off grid for 17 years now. A really long Mm -hmm. time. As long as you've been acting, right? Around the same time. That's where we went. It is interesting. Yeah, it's it's very interesting how coincidences tie in. Yeah. And he's been sober for five years. Uh, That's pre-COVID. And yeah. Oh, the conversation up on the summit was uh, edited about Bill and Robert's past. 
Well, actually, we were curious about that. We had some we questions about yeah. how they met. and That was one of our big questions, yeah. Like, how did Bill and Rohan meet? Like, did they meet in, like, Alcoholics Anonymous? Okay. From like, Was it episode two or three when they're on the summit? The brief bit of conversation that we do get, you kind of get that impression that that's how they met. That Bill helped him get sober. They kind of say that. Yeah, well, that's absolutely correct. And it's very plausible to say that, yeah, probably was an AA but having said which how would they meet together in an AA when he's been off grid right right right. yeah it's kind of a puzzling isn't it I mean that's a fair point and a very interesting one so part of the conversation that Brohan and Darby have is about uh, Bill's past it was a project in the Indian Ocean oh that would have been an interesting detail so interesting yeah And that kind of figures. Do you remember Lee saying that Bill turned up with sandals and sunburned? Oh my God. It bothers Kimberly so much. (laughs) It bothers me so much. She likes to mention it once an episode if she can. How did he walk through the desert? I need this explained to me. So obviously, if he's been sober five years and he knew him for three years. Yes. So there's two years since we end up at the retreat. Yeah. And mm-hmm. so during that two years, what's been going on? Mm-hmm. They're just interesting questions. Uh, yeah. Yes. Wait, all you're doing is creating more questions, which is kind of interesting, actually. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's also another thing that was taken out for whatever reason uh, yeah. towards the end because the conversation just doesn't end there. <laughs> Please tell. We're very curious. <laughs> <laughs> when they're kind of talking in the script, there's a crevasse that opens up and she falls in it. Oh, <laughs> that's a major cut. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But no, a hand reaches out, a very strong hand. It's raw hand, and he's pulling her out. Of course. Oh, I like that. But we did shoot her uh, losing her footing. Huh. Right. And Rohan grapples her and picks her up. And as he's doing that, he's very aware over his shoulders that people are approaching, approaching them fast. And he questions her directly, and she can smell the years alcohol, breath, and all that business. And he's yeah. really close to her, and he says, uh, "You know, my boy, uh, was he killed?" And uh, to her reply, she's like, "Why is he asking me this?" And she goes, "Yeah." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. Oh, I like that scene. That's too bad. Yeah, it exists, so it must be in some. Yeah. Kind of, oh, you might get it in all the cutaways and director's cut. Yeah, that would be oh, amazing. Yeah. The extended version. <laughs> yeah, but what I do like about Ryan is that I think someone said it really beautifully. Is that uh, Zol and Britt? You know, they give you this nugget, uh, which is kind of like Ryan. They give you this nugget and they whip it away really quickly. Yeah, <laughs> and it's just saying that you know, keep on your toes. You know. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you have any idea, like, when you're reading the scripts, like, in your mind, were you trying to figure out who mm. who was at the end? or Who done it? Yeah. Um, there is that element where you try and figure out, and I think there's two ways of going around it. One is that, obviously, it's natural to ask yourself the question, oh, I wonder, you know, who and all that. But there's two ways of going down it when watching the series as well, is that you can question it so much and decipher it, which is great. You know, you can probably take it down a rabbit hole anyway. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Or the other one is just let it play out and absorb the story as it goes along. But obviously there will be things that you ask in your head, but without over dissecting it. Mm -hmm. So for me, when I was reading it, it was just a page turner. I didn't even really have time to think, you know, we've done it. Yeah, exactly. I 
would just binge it. Like, uh, okay, what's the next page? Right. <laughs> and then it'd be over. Yeah. And the script was really nice. And, you know, when it flashes back to present day, in order to make that change, they actually had written uh, text in two different colors. So you knew where you were. Mm. Oh, yeah. that's good. That's a good idea. And that was kind of nice. Yeah. So the flashback was, I think, in green and the rest of it was in black. So, but uh, I read six episodes because they were still developing the episodes mm-hmm. uh, at that stage I think they only had about three and, and something when I was brought on board so each episode uh, chapters got revealed and the last one Zoltan to me you know he said uh, do you do you want to read this <laughs> and that's kind of interesting as well because I'm a great believer in that if a scene it's got nothing to do with your character and you wouldn't be aware of it, it's probably best not to read it because you'll have other stuff in your head. And Yeah, right. And they say Cameron never lies, you know, and it doesn't. <laughs> Good point, yeah. So if you have a slightly uh, knowing thought in you, in this particular one, it could kind of skew things. It can come off. Yeah, yeah. so Zola asked me that question and I was like, yeah. <laughs> 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 and, and it was encrypted with passwords, that, you know, understandably. And so I read it and then he did ask eventually, he said, did you guess it was coming? And I said, no. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we yeah. were not on the correct track. We, we had occasional thoughts that were somewhat relevant and good, but overall not. I was annoyed because I like, I remember when I was watching the VR game. Yes. I was like, this is like very random and probably very relevant. And then I like totally forgot about it. And of course it was. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think at one time we probably discussed almost every character as a potential <laughs> killer. Yeah. 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 We're just like, well, what about that one? Maybe that could work. <laughs> yeah. I feel like the only thing that I might have liked more is a little more focus on some of the side characters. I would have liked to see a little more of Zima yeah. and, you know, but you can only do so much with the time. So, yeah, I guess, you know, to tell that kind of story and that many characters. Yes, that would take forever. I haven't counted it, but I think I had 24 characters at some point. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sounds about right. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think obviously there are constraints in seven episodes. Mm-hmm. Actually, it's a seven stroke eight episode seems to be a magic number at the moment. Yeah. And it works quite well. And what I love about this is that you can't binge it. <laughs> yeah. I love that too, actually. Kimberly, <laughs> on the other hand, she'll wait until the show's totally out so she can binge it. But I've come yeah. to like really like go back to the old school. Like I like watching it weekly. Yes. Yeah. I agree. Gives you yeah. time to think about it and process it. Something to look forward to and think about it. Talk about it. And yeah, exactly. When you binge it, like, exactly, I forget it. Yeah. A week later, it's just something that, like, I will not remember for long, you know? But if you think about it on a weekly basis, it becomes more... Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of information to take in, you know, when it's full on like that. Yeah. But I can understand from Kimberly's point of view as well that, oh, God, I can't do a week without this. It's going to do my head in. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If it's available, it's hard to avoid. Exactly. Yeah. That's the thing. Like, even with my stance of I prefer watching it weekly, if it's available, I will binge it. And that's like, ah, that's okay. it. like I can't control myself. So. Uh, yeah. God forbid. <laughs> We're all like that. <laughs> I have that problems with buying biscuits. <laughs> oh, yeah, same. <laughs> I get that one. With a lot of things. <laughs> and I've been told, well, just don't buy them, you know. Where's the fun in life then? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but yeah, I'm from the old school because what we used to do, I remember as kids, you must be aware of it. There's a show called Monty Python's Flying Circus. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Love it. Yeah. And John Cleese and, and etc. Mm-hmm. So we used to watch this and it was new to us, you know, the whole kind of uh, surrealist mm-hmm. comedy. And um, I remember school kids walking back home. All we do is talk about what we saw, you know, last night. <laughs> yeah. What's going to happen next week. So, yeah, I'm from the old school. Yeah. And it kind yeah. of keeps the thing alive and conversational for longer than it probably would be otherwise. Right. right. Yeah. It's just much more of an experience. And I think it's a blessing in a way that is coming out on a on a rollout because um particularly what the strike did to things as well, you know. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean I'm all for, you know, SAG after strike and uh, of course, right, right. Uh, power to collectivity and the right to fight. However, you know, we were all bound not to talk about this. And, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, <laughs> can't tell anybody, can't talk about it. Yeah. But that was tough, actually, you know, because yeah, we you want to share the joy of what's being created. Yeah. Right. Anyway, so, but now with the rollout, you know, we're in a good zone. We get to live it every week. Great timing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think it was going to come out in August at some point or sometime around then. Correct. So it's good that they pushed it back. Yeah, there was various periods when it was talked about. I think when we finished shooting it, the question was asked and said that roughly the same time we started shooting Iceland is when it will come out, So, which would have been February. Mm. Then I think August came up, things weren't ready. Uh-huh. Then, of course, with the actors' strike, uh, writers' and actors' strike, then it was got pushed a bit further uh, back. Yeah. Rather than August, I think it really uh, makes a lot more sense a friend of mine, a lovely actress, she said as well, Java, that it makes more sense it coming out in the winter because, you know, yeah. you've got the whole snow thing. You want to feel cozy about it. Yeah. Well, not here. Yes, it's summer in Australia. Oh, it's summer here. That's true. <laughs> I can't believe you get the Utah scenes. Oh, <laughs> yeah. That's right. <laughs> the desert. Yeah. That is true. And still wondering about Bill walking through the desert. Um... Really bothers her. Oh, <laughs> the soles of his shoes were worn through. Yeah. His shoes were worn through poor chap (laughs) how long were you actually in iceland for well i spent 10 days wiped out yeah i spent uh, approximately about three and a half nearly four weeks there yeah and did you get to experience anything like fun outside of your covid room once you were clear the baths were uh actually uh, the retreat is kind of cgi to part of the box bath and mm. it was the bath scene in one of the earlier episodes where Rohan's supposed to be as well in, and it was a very logical decision made why he shouldn't be in the bath and obviously went with that but uh, I did however when they were setting up and filming that I did manage to go there and that was nice you know to experience that yeah it was very nice and uh, I used to go to this kind of a call it village town stroke from the other side of the hotel uh, away from the lake true north collaborated with the production in iceland is an amazing production company and they do many epic shoots of films out there so when i was in covid there was a lovely uh, lady they allocated who used to go to this gas station which was really really far away and bring me this soup and broth and things my God, you you know, you go all that way just for that. <laughs> so I had to wander around when I was, you know, allowed to and better. And mm-hmm. then uh, Rikavik on, on our way back, mm-hmm. stayed the night and uh, Ryan and myself were both flying back at the same time. Mm-hmm. So we, we managed to do the museum and cool. few nice places overnight in uh, Rikavik. That's nice. Fish bars and drink bars, yeah. Oh, fun. Very yeah. cool. 
<laughs> is this the coldest that you've ever filmed? One of, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the most coldest one I ever filmed was in Nepal. We were mm. up on uh, Arnapurna range. I think they call it ABC base camp. And uh, that's really, really high up. I can't remember for, for the life of me how many thousands of feet, but mm. it's very, very high. You get the like elevation sickness yeah, there? Did you yeah. have that? Yeah. One of our uh, actors who fell sick with that and mm. bothered his heart. So he had to be flown in. Ooh. Oh, jeez. And, and it was a two day uh, four by four Jeep ride to get to it. Otherwise, you just can't. Jeez. Oh, wow. And you jostled because it's off road, going through rivers, getting to the distance. Uh, it's an old yeah. medieval town called Kagbeni which was hit by a recent uh, flooding. Wow. But the, the spirit of the people are great, so they've rebuilt that little medieval yeah. town again. But yes, that was the coldest one for filming for me. Yeah. Um, minus, that sounds intense. Uh, minus five during the day and minus 13 during the night. Um, Violet and Kate, I understand that. You probably don't. Uh, that's true i'm about to get my calculator out nine fifths minus 32 or something yeah oh, oh yes yes sorry yes uh centigrade that is um, yes. so yeah it's way below in Fahrenheit. Yeah, it's yeah. bloody cold that's what it is yeah, that's a better way of putting it yeah <laughs> and, uh, bizarrely I, I was doing this kind of agori which are a spiritual uh, holy men keepers of uh, funeral pyres it, it hasn't come out yet and i'm not sure what's happened with the project but i play uh, the lead in it and he's the holy man and it's kind of uh, modeled on uh, akira kurosawa's yujimbo oh, yeah, cool. so, so the character is the same so he, although he's got these dreadlocks wearing long beard and kind of white chalk dust for of the dead you know mm, i see that <laughs> so every time we finished shooting we'd come and got to get the makeup off, the shower, but they only have a limited time when the water is heated up through solar. Oh. It's like, if I didn't make the hour, oh, wow. it was a freezing shower to take all the makeup off. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, man. <laughs> it seems like you've done films in so many different locations and in different languages and stuff, too. Do you speak a lot of languages? Um, no, it's just dialects every now and then. Um, so my mother tongue is Urdu. And I kept that up with my parents, so I'm kind of grateful for that. Mm -hmm. Although it's kind of slightly anglicized because of the sheer time I've lived in England. Yeah. And Hindi, which is a kind of derivative of uh, Urdu. Um, okay. Punjabi, minuscule. But obviously, if it's written phonetically then as a script, then I will do it. So uh, languages-wise, not, not really, no. That still sounds very impressive yeah. hearing you say that, though. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've, uh, I've done some things in Tamil, but they tend to dub. And oh, there was an interesting thing because there's a, a film called Ake, which means her. It's a lovely film by a, a renowned um, director, filmmaker, uh, Kim Chitanya. And uh, excuse me if the pronunciation was incorrect, Kim. But however, we worked together on this film uh, and it's a spooky story and it's in Tamil. And I said to Kim, I said, look, you know, I don't speak. Oh, it's actually not Tamil in a language called Canada, uh, called Canada and South Indian mm. And I said, well, I don't speak that, you know. And he goes, don't worry, you know. And I'm okay with people dubbing me. It's a case of uh, convincibility. So he said, no, I, I've got a little thing for you. So he gave me the uh, the script, what he has to say, uh, kind of an interesting scene about kidnapping a child from a woman oh. <laughs> um, from the cradle. And he gave me it and I said, oh, it's a bit mouthful. I, I can't, because I don't understand it, I can't get my head into it. So he kind of explained it. Then he said, okay, say these words in Hindi, which I can understand. So 
he he went okay say for example i don't know biar which means love yeah so he'd, he'd concentrate look up my lip movement then totally disjointed he would say walk so i'd say chalna you know so biar chalna and say look up my mouth movements they're all disjointed word in this paragraph but <laughs> they actually made the mouth movement of what his intention was in kind oh, of wow. convincing and really so yeah. synced properly. So I said, this is fantastic. We should name this language, you know. <laughs> 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 and, and it goes, no, That's this. a very creative way of doing yeah. that. Yeah. And it works. So having the right intention and putting these odd kind of words together in a string. Uh-huh. And, and he said, yeah, it's a language only for us too, you said. <laughs> so romantic. Yeah. <laughs> Well, do you have any other projects coming up that you're working on now? Um, yeah, there, there are a, a couple of things in the pipeline. It's always a case of let's see what happens and where it goes, really. Yeah. I'm very thankful for uh, A Murder at the End of the World and being able to be part of this project. Uh, and uh, hopefully, you know, it will um, provide more work. Yeah, uh, well, sure. I hope. Yeah. I think you're my favorite character. My husband said the same oh, thing. Hey, He's like, Ryan's well, my favorite character. Oh, you're talking to Rohan today. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> so sweet of you, Violet. Thank you very much. Yeah, of course. We just wish you hadn't have died. I know. I know. You could have done with more <laughs> Rohan. I'm hoping you came back to life. But Yeah, alas. we did have theories that you were still alive. We were waiting for you to come back. Yeah, <laughs> Wishful thinking. But, but you know that this uh, OA thing, I mean, who knows, you know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, who knows? I mean, have, have Bill and Rohan and Sean actually died or have they jumped into a different dimension? Who knows? Yeah. Mm. Maybe they're that. on the boat. They're waiting yeah. on the boat. They Aww. got there somehow. I think one of your team members said on the messages when I was told that they had seen the screeners saying about Rohan, you know, how short they were saying. And it was mentioned that uh, I, I like to think that Bill and Rohan are somewhere very happy together. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I think there would be, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'd like to have seen like scenes with them together. So yes, I would like to see well, the other. Right. Dimension. When we were filming, uh, I remember uh, Harris was saying that what I really want to know is their backstory. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, I want to see it all panned out, and and I said, well, yeah, go, go and tell that to Zoe. <laughs> prequel, yeah. yes. That's the prequel we're looking for. Yeah. You're saying about uh, Rohan's character, Dole and Britt. We had a meeting regarding the uh, ADR. Yeah, and um, it was not random, but they were just saying and we were talking. And uh, Zol said, and it was really touching. And he said, uh, Rohan is retreat. Oh, and this was when it was called retreat. And and I said uh, to that's Rohan, huge. Um, I said to Zol, I said. Uh, you know, you saying that means the whole world to me. That's Aww. huge. And this whole world thing keeps twirling around as well. Yes. <laughs> my early, my yeah. early, early drama classes were in a college uh, environment uh, as, as part-time interest hobby thing. And that was in Chelsea in London off the King's Road, a place known as the World's End. Wow. <laughs> it was meant That's to so be. so interesting. Yes. Fate. Yeah. All the dots connect up, don't they? That's yeah. so cool. Yes. That's really cool. <laughs> Well, I suppose that's a good note to end on then. Thank you for coming to chat with us. This was so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. It's uh, been a pleasure and it's lovely to be in your company. And uh, we'll be uh, we'll be looking out for your future work. So you're not done with us. And as they say, until the next time, yeah? Yes. yes. Bye. 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 Thank Bye. you. Bye.